Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Okay, I'm really excited about this episode this week, you guys. Lori Harder is a leading expert in the field of fitness, transformational work, mindfulness, and self-love. She is a self-made millionaire, successful entrepreneur, network marketing professional. She's an author. She's a 10-time cover model and a three-time fitness world's champion. She offers a carefully curated set of practical tools to promote sustainable health, spiritual being, and financial freedom. She's an incredible teacher. She's written books on this subject. She has a very unique coaching method and she creates these incredible programs where she's helped countless people connect to their soul, transform their bodies and empower their minds, gain financial independence and really fall in love with themselves and their lives. If there's anybody out there in the world that is really creating a deep sense of female empowerment, it's this woman. I recently attended her Women's Empowerment Weekend, The Bliss Project, in LA a few weeks ago, and it was such an incredible event. I mean, she really went out on this. There were so many women from all over the world who came together to cultivate tribe and to really have a transformative experience. There was yoga by Lindsay Sigornik, there was uh, dance classes, there was performers, there was music. I mean, it was a fully immersed experience of transformation. And I had the best time and I feel so lucky and fortunate to actually call her a friend of mine. If there's anybody out there in the world that is a leading and powerful voice in the world of transformation, I would say Lori Harder is it. When you listen to this episode, you will understand why. And I just feel so lucky that she was able to be a guest on this show. Uh, And I do not doubt that you will love this episode as much as I did. Please remember to subscribe and share it with your friends if you liked it or send us any questions. Without further ado the beautiful goddess, Lori Harder. The way that you have this this incredible event, experience, transformative uh, weekend that you've somehow compressed in uh, hours in a day, which you'll have to tell me how you did that, um, is (laughs) is so like mind-blowing. I was so so surprised with the level of, you know, the, the group exercise that we did, the questions you were asking, the content that you were talking about, it was all so deep and so good and so honest. I, I just, I, I was so, so inspired Lori. So for the people Mm -hmm. that have no idea what I'm talking about now, 
uh, <laughs> that are just like literally tuning in. Like, what is she going on about? Uh, Lori Harder, everyone. She's uh, an incredible human being and I've already intro- introduced you. But for the people that are tuning in that are listening to this, um, can you tell them a little bit about yourself and what I am going on about? Okay, Rosie, thank you so much for that. I'm so excited to be on here. I just, honestly, we're having, like, these are my favorite conversations, especially with you, and if we can record it, how awesome is that? (laughs) We're just chatting, just so you guys know, this is just a a typical conversation. Okay, all right. (laughs) We get to use it. Okay, um, how far back do you want me to go? Well, here's here's the thing. I think that... uh, Let's see. I'm like because I know the 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 whole story. So let's uh let's go far as far back as we can because I think that people need to know you know your story and and where you're mm-hmm. from and how you got to where you're at now. Okay. In a I'm going to try way. to tell a long story quickly. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So and it is such a part of why uh what I'm doing now. It it is the reason why what I'm doing now. So um, I'm from a really small town in Upper Michigan called Marquette, Michigan, and I was also raised in a very religious family, um, and I was homeschooled through high school. So when I say really religious family, I wasn't able to associate with anyone outside of my religion at all, and because it was a really small town, there were only like two other girls in my church, and the next one was like hours away. Um so with that said, I just didn't have much, uh, like, you know, many different experiences in my life. I didn't really know what was outside of my bubble. And, um, on top of that, my family really struggled with their weight. So from a really young age, I was already getting made fun of for, you know, I'd gone to public school until high school, um, for my religion, for my weight, um, because I wasn't allowed to hang around other kids. Like they didn't know what was wrong with me. So at that point I had already gotten really used to daily criticism. Um, and I had massive body image issues. I remember going to, I was invited to, um, a pool party with some of the kids from our church. And it was the first time that I really knew that I was totally different or that I was a little bit chubbier than everyone else because I was totally picked out of the crowd and Mm. basically had, this massive moment where it was just make fun of Lori moment. So that was the day that I was like, wow, I am really not skinny like my friends. And from there it just amplified. Like, I think I just became obsessed with how do I never let this feeling ever happen again? I remember the feeling that I was like, I never want that to happen again. What will I do? So if anything, that's one good moment that instead of turning down this road of like, ah, you know, freaking out, which I did for a while, I do remember thinking I'm going to turn this around. This will I'll never feel that pain again. So from a really young age, like eight years old, I started exercising and started doing my older sister's workout videos, I almost said DVDs, but workout cassette, like VHS, VHS tapes. <laughs> uh, I was a futuristic child. Um, so I started doing her VHS tapes. And even at that age, I noticed that when I moved my body, I felt better because my family really, you know, it was, they were a loving family, but we also showed love over food and over yeah. dessert. And we never went and exercised like, that wasn't something that we knew at all. And like, you know, we'd eat dinner and then we'd have like three or four different things after dinner. And that's just what I thought was normal. 
So we were constantly snacking. And I was also told my whole life, like, it's in your genetics. No matter what you do, you're never going to be able to fight it. Like, you're going to grow up and be fat. That's what I heard over and over. Mm. So at a really young age, I just started reading everything. I remember asking my mom for fitness magazines, um, like when she goes to the grocery store. So I became obsessed with fitness. And with just wanting to feel better because I did notice a massive, like, I just never felt good because we always ate crap. Yeah. Um, so slowly but surely, I spent years and years and years and years as a, a, a teenager, like, trying to figure out the workout thing. And um, in my early 20s, I started setting some goals around it. Um, I was home, like I said, I was homeschooled through high school. So a lot of it, I just spent like doing my schooling and working out and babysitting my brother who was born when I was 14 years old and my mom went back to work. So I spent a lot of time at home, just kind of like trying to figure it all out, um, on my own, isolated alone. So in my twenties, I still had not gotten the nutrition part down. So I thought, Hey, you know what? I'm really going to go for this because at this point I'd been reading so many magazines that Basically, these women in these magazines became like my inspiration. Like they were the light. I knew their stories. I, I felt like they were my, you know, kind of like my just tunnel to the outside world of what is possible. So I had them plastered everywhere and I decided, you know what, if I want to um, be as inspirational as these women, I need to do what they're doing. So I looked up what they were doing and they were all doing these fitness competitions in order to get on these covers. So I was like, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to try that because how else am I ever going to be able to really transform my body? And at the time, something that I totally left out that was a massive part of my story is that I was dealing with massive anxiety. I developed Mm. so much anxiety from being isolated and also watching my mom have panic attacks that all of a sudden, when I was 14 years old, I started having panic attacks. So the fitness competition was kind of like this one-two punch of, you're either going to end up in a padded room or you need to start making some massive shifts in order to overcome your anxiety. And I thought, what better way than just roll myself in a bikini in front of thousands of people who I have no idea who they are to judge my body. Well, (laughs) probably not the best idea, but it seemed really great at the time. Um, So I started doing fitness competitions. And at this time, I also knew that it was my passion to not only transform my body, but I knew I wanted to help people physically to, um, start feeling better about themselves and, and find their own power because it was really helping me kind of tune in and overcome my anxiety and feel better about myself. So Mm -hmm. I started, uh, I became a personal trainer and I was doing these competitions and I was finding that they weren't as, although they were amazing, I was meeting a lot of incredible people. They weren't as satisfying as I thought. And also, it's like you can change your body all you want. You can work out. You can change your nutrition. But even when I reached that massive pinnacle of where I thought I would just fall in love with my life, when my body felt perfect and on point and, you know, whatever that looked like that I was striving for my entire life, I was actually one of the most miserable I had ever been because I was not changing what was happening internally. I was not becoming fulfilled with who I actually was. I was striving for all of these external things. And also while I was training women, I found that all we were doing was helping them. um, You know, they'd come in to work out, but we'd end up talking about their life Mm -hmm. and we'd end up talking about their mindset. And, you know, it it was, I can't get their body to change if we can't change your mind. So Mm -hmm. here I am helping all these women change their minds. Well, I'm still not dealing with a lot of the reasons why I'm struggling internally. And that's really when it shifted for me. And I decided that I needed to really work with mindset and fitness 
Um, and now I'm really passionate about the mindset part, which Rosie is what you're talking about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Bliss Project, where, you know, I think that so many people for me, it's like people might be drawn to me for the fitness part, or maybe they look at, you know, the lifestyle and they're like, how, how do you have that? Or how are you so happy? Or how are you, you know, how did you achieve all these different things? And I, I actually love that because I kind of use it as the bait and switch. It's like, oh, you want this? That'd be awesome. Look how shiny it is. But you're going to have to do all this internal work first, and this is just a side effect. So that's where the Bliss Project came out of, which is a women's empowerment event that Rosie was just at, which I was so, I felt so blessed to have you there. Oh, that's um, amazing. A three-day women's event uh, where we really just dive deep into the mindset portion in order to really start loving ourselves, which then we obviously know attracts everything that you could ever imagine and more into your life. Wow. That's, you have such an incredible and inspiring story, Lori. And and I know it's just, that's literally the tip of the iceberg. And I, I am so, I feel so lucky and blessed to have, you know, know you and your husband, Chris, who is equally as amazing and inspiring. So I, I love your story. I love everything that, that you're doing and that you've done. Um, and I, we can sort of, uh, kind of tentacle into all these different areas and questions that I want to talk to you about different areas of your life. One of the, one of the things (laughs) that I have been wanting to talk to you about, um, because we have this sort of parallel, uh, upbringing, you know, with dealing with anxiety and sort of kind of trying to find your place during an age where you, you still were trying to figure it out. Right. And you didn't have the proper, sort of support, right? Is it fair to say that, that, you know, during this time mm-hmm. you didn't have that. So I, you were such a self motivator, you know, how, how were you able to find that? Like, how, were you always mm-hmm. sort of like a self starter or did that, was that born mm-hmm. in a moment? Oh man. You know, I, I, that's, I love actually telling you this part because this is the part that people think happens fast. But I don't, I've never really had a transformation that happens really fast. I think sometimes you can, um, you know, you can make a decision quickly, but then sometimes your life takes a while to catch up Mm -hmm. with, (laughs) with what you've decided on. So my, this took me a really long time. And to be honest with you, I still deal with anxiety. I just have way better tools for it. Um, like, honestly, right before Bliss, I went into, like, a massive panic attack, and I was like, okay, not sure why this is showing back up again, but I here's what I'm going to do. So, anyway, saying that, I and I've not always been a self-starter. Like, to be honest with you, my, the religion that I was in, we didn't, I didn't do anything that allowed me to, like, start a project or finish a project, really, <laughs> or start, like, understand sports, or I didn't understand any of that. So, when I went to start anything, whether it was, you know, a a hobby or working out or anything like that, I didn't really um, know how to do any of it. So as far as being a, uh, you know, as far as like coping with anxiety or being a self-starter, it was strictly out of being in so, being so uncomfortable, Rosie, that it was like, there has got to be a better way. Mm. And I noticed these little shifts like, Oh, I'd work out and I would feel more peace throughout the day instead of like, um, you know, massive like freak out or panic or fear. Or I remember always feeling like I was waiting for something to go wrong. And when I would go for a walk or when I would work out, I would notice my mindset. I was able to grab onto the next better thought a little bit easier. 
So what I started doing was exercise became a routine. Like if I want relief today or to be able to grab that more positive thought, I need to move my body right away. So that was like the first self-realization for me for that. Wow. That's, that's, and and to have that awareness. So, and being, being in a place where you maybe were a little bit isolated, how were you able to move from, from that to where you are now? Uh, I, I mean, honestly, it's a habit for me now to get uncomfortable because I know that's where the biggest rewards are. Um, or to just reach out to those places that are kind of pulling at you that you're curious about. And I think I started doing that, um, as soon as, like, as soon as I could. And as soon as I woke up and when I say woke up, it's like, I spent my early twenties basically going from a really strict religion to going, Oh my God, there's a world out here. (laughs) So so I, I really took a lot, I took quite a few years to be, um, explorative and crazy. And, um, when I hit that rock bottom and then the next rock bottom and the next rock bottom, that's when I was like, okay, I got to figure this out because this isn't any better. And when I really started doing the work around what, what would it look like? Like what actually makes me happy? Like, where am I finding joy? Like, when is it, is it, who am I around? What do I ultimately see myself doing? Um, you know, I started asking just way better questions. Like, what is life all about? What do I, when do I feel my best and, and things like that? And I think um, from there, that's really when I started looking at who was already doing it. I think that's one of the best questions we can ask is, mm. who has a life that I would um, really like to maybe model my life after or why does their life look good to me? Not just, Oh, they have this and they have that. Mm -hmm. Why does it actually look good? And what are they doing and where are they being fulfilled? So I started looking at all of these different people, um, whose life I would like to model. And I, I either reached out or saw if they had a program or read their book or looked for who their mentors were. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started doing as much as I could around that. And really at first I dove just into mentors and books and really did all the work on my own. And you can take that far, but at the same time, I feel like you can't integrate self-work as much as you can when you get around other people. Mm, And what happened is, yes, I was learning so much and I was having these amazing breakthroughs on my own, but you only get so far in life and you're only so happy when you're basically alone or you just have your husband or you have a few people. Um, what I learned next was life goes a whole other level, deeper and richer and more beautiful. If you surround yourself with amazing people and also people that you can celebrate these breakthroughs with and also have breakthroughs with. So that's when I really started saying, oh my gosh, I need to find a tribe and connect Mm -hmm. with people and learn from people and go to the people that I'm most scared to learn from, grow from and ask questions. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where this whole next level was revealed of fulfillment. And I think that we get to this place where we're pretty happy and we've made these breakthroughs and we've had success in our careers or our life or our relationships. But there's still, if you still have a question mark out there, it's probably because you need to expand and deepen um, your tribe that you have around you because there's these stunning layers that come with new people in your life. And that's when I decided to just start connecting and getting uncomfortable as much as possible with the right people. 
Mm, God, Laurie, that's so true. And it, you know what, this actually just reminded me of a incredible conversation that the four of us had, you know, we were, uh, the four of us were at dinner at Pache in Laurel Canyon. And this was, I don't remember when, maybe a few months ago. And like the first thing, this is how, uh, when you put people like us together, this is how the conversation goes. What are you most afraid of? <laughs> like, that was a conversation. I can't, I think we were all kind yeah. of having a rough week. Right. And we all kind of like yeah. met and we all started just right when we sat down, started talking talking about this really like heavy like <laughs> confrontational stuff and I just I thought it was brilliant and you know it, it's interesting right now that you're talking about you know doing things that that scare you I think it's so great because I feel like at, you're a very skilled teacher at, at bringing these topics up and and I really admire that about you and so I want to to talk about it a little bit, especially for people that are listening. You know, I get a lot of emails from people asking about doing things that are scary or what are lacking inspiration or, you know, asking for help. And I think that this is, this is in your wheelhouse for sure to be able to know the types of questions to ask. And one of the things that I want to ask you about is something that you said that night that really resonated with me and it really stayed with me. You, you said, it's really important to surround yourself, you know, by people that inspire you and, and also people that scare you. Right. And I was like, what? I'm like, what? Why? What do you mean? <laughs> like, I don't, don't want to be around people that scare me. But can you just elaborate mm -hmm. a little bit on what you meant? Mm. So I think that we all have these lists that we don't know that we have labeled. Um, we don't know, but we do know. <laughs> right. We try to pretend we don't know. Um, and we have this level where we're like, yeah. <laughs> You know, they're they're my mentor. Yes, I'm cool with that. Let me go, let me go ask them for help. Yeah, this makes me nervous. This must be what they're talking about. And there's this whole other level out there. Um, and I think it's great. Like if you're if you are beginning on this or you're you know getting to the middle of your journey, that's cool. Like you still can dabble in all of those people that yes inspire you and they feel amazing to be around and they do you know, up-level you and make you feel good. But there is this whole other level that is is um, a place where it's super scary because it's the, it's the people that you don't feel like you can add value to their life. It is the people that you feel like maybe they wouldn't even look twice at you because you don't feel like you are good enough for them. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the, the part of this that is so crazy is there's, there's so much work here that is open to us, which is why it's so beautiful um, is because there's so much work around your own worthiness and also knowing that they're just human and also knowing that you're putting someone on a pedestal, but also that you, they're going to up-level you so much into needing to look to add value into really seeing how you show up in the world into really looking at what level they're playing at and why it scares you and what would be different. And, and honestly, I think when you get in a room with people like that, or you mm. start asking people like that questions, you go to this whole other side of you that you didn't even know existed. So if tomorrow I told you that you had an appointment with that person that scared the crap out of you, that you're like, wow, I would 
you know, do anything to have a dinner with this person before I die. If I told you tomorrow you had an appointment with this person, I guarantee you would be a completely different person tomorrow than you are right in this very moment. You would (laughs) figure out what you want to ask. You would totally up level to walk into that room as a person who'd be ready for that meal. And that's what, that's what this does for you is it's like, whoa, I know that I have to be around these people. What do I need to do to show up in that room to feel good and feel prepared? And that's the up-leveling that the people around you does. Mm. Wow, that's so, so true. And it's such great advice. And I, I feel like more of us on this path to self-development or the people out there on the spiritual path or, or just wanting to create transformative change in their lives. This is such an important thing to, to incorporate because we need to have those experiences, right? Without resistance, we can't create that strength. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, thank you. Thank you for elaborating on that. It's really one of my Mm -hmm. most favorite jarring conversations. Uh, so, <laughs> so you also- I love that you say most favorite jarring conversations. It's so true. Like <laughs> you start to learn how awesome those conversations are that at first you're like, oh, wow, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the, the beauty of it was that the four of us were so engaged in that discomfort that we were all just talking about it, you know? And I just, I thought that was such a beautiful, it was such a beautiful experience and um, I just, mm. I thought that it was, it would be great to share it with everyone. So we just did. So thank you for that. Um, mm-hmm. part of, uh, one of the things that I love about you and, and your podcast and the message that you're putting out into the world and your programs is this, the whole idea of, of self-love and self-acceptance. And you, you talk about this at length, there's different tools. You're always giving us advice on how to achieve that and how to do that. Um, what do you think, what is the, the biggest, what is the biggest advice you can give to somebody who's really struggling with that? Like of all the, the, the tips and the tools and the knowledge that you have, if you could choose one or two, what would be the main things? Uh, this is, this is good because you honestly, I'm kind of in it right now. I'm, I'm like, so I'm like, Oh, so honest. Sometimes I'm like, why am I sharing all of this? Um, but, <laughs> but for real, like, you know, I, my life goes in seasons. So it, it's kind of like understanding that first of all, that life goes in seasons. So in life has so many different, um, basically buckets, right. That it's like, you have your, you have business over here. You have love over here. You have spirituality over here. You have, um, relationships over here. And it's like, you kind of need to look at what is top priority in the moment. Like, is it physical health? Is it what, what is that thing that keeps stopping you and blocking you from loving yourself or loving your life? And not only understanding that if you're in a big season for business, you might not be in the biggest, best season of your life for love and physical, Mm. um, you know, love and your body. So it's kind of like learning to love yourself through all of those seasons. So I think that first of all, I just want to lay the foundation of saying, understanding that life has seasons and that everything, like you can't, you can't come to 
um, winter time with your hands out, right? Like you, you have to have winter, you have to have spring, you have to have summer in order to come to harvest. Like mm-hmm. you can't come to a different season with your hands out. Like what the hell? Why, why am I not like harvesting right now? Why don't I love my in all of these areas so cutting yourself some slack and knowing that it's like falling in love with the journey will also help you fall in love with yourself mm-hmm. um but as far as loving yourself the more things that you do that you enjoy in your life whether that is um you know something that you've been wanting to do or giving back is really huge that's going to help you fall in love with who you are so much because you're going to become someone who does things that they enjoy and someone who um, really get, makes people feel amazing over someone who is successful in business or who's always mm-hmm. fit or, you know, who's known for being great at X, Y, and Z. Like those things are all going to change. So if we're attached to a thing, a body, an idea, a success point, like those are all going to disappear at one point or change. So it's really learning to fall in love with the daily rituals and the actions and the things that we do, like what you're capable of doing. And that's been really huge for me is if I'm at a point of, Oh, I don't, I, I don't like my body right now. I don't like, um, you know, what my business is doing. It's like, okay, what could I do that would make me feel good right now? What could I say to myself? How could I love myself healthy instead of trying to hate myself fit? Or how could I just love myself for being able to give back to people or for how I show up or for how I make people feel instead of just feeling like crap because I didn't follow through with my meditation this morning? Like, what is something that you can do? What is something that you can be grateful for? Um, what is something that you could give back? Because in that moment, you're going to attach to a feeling that you're always able to give instead of something that's attached to something external. Um, and I can break that down more depending on, you know, exactly what you're, you're dealing with. But that's something I always think about is how am I attached to something right now? That's, that's external. And where is something that I can, you know, what is a way that I could maybe make someone feel better or go do something that I enjoy that I just get lost in and forget about everything else? Mm, that's so that's so good. We did a couple of exercises at Bliss that you really kind of help us identify what those things were. So what what sort of technique or what tool do you think works best for us to detach from a narrative or a story or, or something that you're telling yourself that's not loving? something to detach from something that's not loving. I, I'm a huge affirmation person because our mind is the number one culprit. Like right now, nothing could change for you in your entire life. But if you changed your mind about it, you could fall in love with your life. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, believe it or not, you really could because you could start focusing on all of the things that are good in your life. So even for someone who has the most I mean, it could be the worst point in your life, but if you started being super grateful and clear on what you had in comparison as well, maybe to someone else's life, or you look at how other people are living in other countries or who don't have freedoms, like it's all perspective because technically you can find something to be happy about because on the other side of it, you can always find something, even the happiest person to be negative about or to be sad about or to be upset about. So it's what are we attaching our thoughts to? So if we have not decided or created or pre-planned how we're going to deal with what comes up in our life the most, then you're going to attach to the thought 
that is most easily accessible for you. And for most of us, it's negativity. So if let's just, I'm going to use a typical one for um, women, right? Mm-hmm. Body image or image or self-image yeah. or whatever yeah. it is. Okay. If you wake up in the morning and you walk to the mirror and you're like, oh, my body or, oh, I put on those five, 10 pounds over the holiday season and you just stare at whatever you think the problem is and you start loathing and you start that thought and then you carry that thought throughout the day. It's like, if you don't have an affirmation to remind yourself to look up, look in your eyes, tell yourself why you appreciate yourself and then say a mantra and attach to that mantra and then say it over and over again until that becomes the easier thought to attach to. Now, this is going to take like a thousand times a day, if not more sometimes. It just depends on the day, right? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. you're going to be doing work, working on getting better, which is already going to be better than the feeling of still standing in the mirror, loathing yourself, finding more and more and more and more and more to start picking on. So it's always a choice. So I always have those choices ready. So it's like, Okay, if you know body image is the number one thing for you that stops you from everything, you must create some really powerful mantras that help you snap back to the next best thought. It's kind of like that, just that moment where your friend slaps you and smacks you out of it, like, stop it. Like, that's actually what I picture is, like, someone kind of, like, just, like, slapping me across the face going, stop it. What are you doing? Because you've forgotten that you do this or that you make people feel this way or that you're you know, this person loves you for this reason, or you're so useful, or that you are so good at this, or whatnot. So kind of having that list of, okay, when I start thinking about my negative body image, or when I think I have a negative body image, what are things that I'm going to grab onto? And you need to write them on that mirror. If you have a trigger mirror, or a trigger place, or a trigger time that this always happens, you can set the timer on your phone and say, um, I'm a beautiful, powerful work in progress. Um, you know, and have that be your reminder, like, oh, that's right. I'm a beautiful, powerful work in progress. And sometimes you might need a bridge mantra like that. So not like, I'm a stunning, amazing supermodel. Like (laughs) if you're in a really low place, you might need to say something like, I'm a beautiful work in progress. And remember that maybe it's a journey for you to get to that place. So that's what I do. I have about a million mantras around certain things um, <laughs> that I know are going to yeah. trigger me, and I just keep on clinging what are on some to them. Of, some days are, are easier than others. What are some of the favorite mantras you're working with now? Um, you know, before I public speak, I, I really deal with a lot of, um, God, and I don't even want this to be a mantra, but I'm just being honest. Like, I deal with a lot of anxiety still. So uh, there's a few that I say. I say I thrive when I public speak because, honestly, once I'm up there, I love it, and I need to remember that. So I need to tap into remembering the feeling of thriving and what that means to me. Like, thriving just means, like, that place where I feel like life is in flow and things are just growing and I'm being nurtured and nurturing and also nurturing people in return. And it's like this beautiful feeling of just being in flow, I guess. So that that's, you know, thriving for me. And also, um, uh, you know, before I, I public speak again, it's just remembering that I am a channel and it's not my message. So a lot of times I'll say, let me be the voice for your message. You know, whether you believe in God or, you know, call him, call it source, call it Buddha, whatever you want to call it. I really, um, tap into my higher power all of the time, because if I, if I thought that I was doing this life alone, I'd never be able to do it. Um, so I remember that I'm just a voice or a channel and that is huge for returning back to, um, feeling loved and feeling love and giving love because we're just, we're here alone and it's not our message and we're happiest when we're 
when we're sharing and connecting. Mm -hmm. I agree. I can totally relate to that, Lori. I, I totally agree. And and I've watched you speak and you're incredible and you can definitely see that and feel that. So, so the mantra mm, works. So you. that's great. So we can, all, <laughs> we can all learn to uh, thrive when we public speak. So that, that'll be a good mantra to, <laughs> yeah. to have. Just going back to what you were talking about a little bit ago about, um, you know, assessing, in a sense, I got our way to be honest with ourselves and where we're at, right? So one of the questions I find that in my uh, field of knowledge or, or expertise is that I find that a lot of unhappiness comes from a lack of honest self-appraisal, right? So people mm-hmm. not being able to accept where they are or be honest with themselves or have uh, the lack of knowledge or resources to make change in their lives. And nowadays with internet and programs and self-help everywhere, it's kind of like you don't have an excuse. If you want to change, you can, you can make it happen. Right. But, um, Mm -hmm. just going back to, to this idea and and a lot of what you teach, uh, your ability to have that sort of self-awareness and, and cultivate that self-love by asking yourself those probing questions, what what do you why do you think that people have such a hard time with that why do you think people just have a hard time finding that happiness within the, within themselves well I, I i think the biggest part of it is because they don't have um they don't have the right outlook or the um they don't know what the journey is actually going to look like. I think that we overestimate the amount of work that we're going to have to do at once when in the grand scheme, yes, it's a lot of work, but honestly it's the tiny shift done daily that obviously change your entire life. So I think what happens is, is that we are so used to overwhelming ourselves that we're a bit addicted to it. So when we think of change, we don't think of like, Oh, okay, well maybe tomorrow instead of, you know, McDonald's for breakfast, I'm going to have a green juice or I'm going to, maybe, maybe I'm just going to switch to a smoothie to start just Mm -hmm. as a healthier option, even if it's the same amount of calories or whatever, just, just as an example, like saying it's these tiny, tiny shifts that all of a sudden you're having a smoothie every day and you're going, you know, maybe I'd like to try to get even healthier for the day. Maybe I'm not going to put all those bananas and peanut butter in it just because (laughs) that was the bridge to start eating little bit better. Maybe I just wanted to start eating natural food. So that's how it works. It's kind of like, okay, I'm not going to do it all at once. But what happens is we start tripping out so hard on the future that we go from Sunday night to eating everything or, you know, consuming crap movies, laying around all day to thinking that Monday we have to go do a 20 minute meditation. We have to drink green juice and we don't even <laughs> like green juice. We have to hang around people that are so boring to us. We have to skip the things that were bringing us joy. And we have to watch like some documentary that makes us smarter and read a book. Like that sounds so horrible. So <laughs> like you, you have to know that there's a bridge in between like your reward system. I think what happens in the beginning, cause this happened to me and I really analyzed this for a really long time 
we are set up on a reward system in our, so let's just say it's our old self, right? Our reward system right now is um, eating food, going to a movie, happy hour, and hanging out with crappy friends because it's fun, but then sometimes the conversation turns whatever. It's just, you don't, you don't feel good when you go home. So all of a sudden we think that all those things have to go. And now you literally have no reward system because you just took it all away. You just, planned on being totally strict without rewarding yourself in any way so you have nothing to look forward to your life is really bland and you have no tribe to support you as well because your old crappy friends aren't working so how it happens is it's implemented so slowly and I also highly recommend um so many people don't start creating this tribe of more positive people so that you know when you're not at happy hour you have to supplement that with some joy like we are joy-seeking mongers. We want to feel good. So if you don't have another way to get it, or you don't have, you know, people who are going to support you on this new lifestyle, of course you're going to go back. That's human nature. So I think that's, a, I think that's one of the biggest parts of why people keep going back is because they haven't got this new way to get joy or this new hit, and we go back to our old way to get it the quickest way possible. Yeah. What a great segue to talk about building a tribe and creating community because I know that this is uh, currently a, a large portion of the work that you're doing. Uh, so can you yeah. can you talk to us about the importance of creating that in our lives? I mean, you talked about it a little bit earlier, but I think in the bigger scheme of creating a happy and fulfilled life, can you tell us about the importance of building a tribe? Yes, and I'm super excited about this because I'm actually the the name of my book is A Tribe Called Bliss, and I'm thrilled. I love it, Lori. Really, I, I didn't know that you told me. I'm so excited. This is so awesome. Yay! I am so freaking excited. So I'm literally. I just got off of a call earlier. I'm on like a three month book. Um, uh, deadline. I don't like the word deadline. I need to change it because that's um, like very. How about, uh, all right, let me think about, let me think about, um, how about, uh, no, due date is still sounds a little bit like, uh, time constriction. Like celebration or something. We'll, we'll yeah. think of something around it for sure. Completion. Um, completion. I love that because okay. I'm going to feel like it's been full circle. Yeah. yeah. That's okay, like perfect. inspiring, right? Completion. Okay, great. Okay, so you have a three month completion, inspiring. uh, goal. Got it. Goal. Yeah. For sure. So, um, and, and I'm, I'm actually so thrilled about it because I think the world is, is like, this is what is missing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, because we, there are, like you said, Rosie, there's so many programs out there. There's, I mean, we have Google. So <laughs> like, if you have a computer, you can figure any, everything is figure outable, right? So, um, but the thing is, is that you can do all of this work, but I really believe because innately we are so tribal and we're so community and family driven. And in North America, we've gotten so far away from that, right? Um, that it's kind of like we live in our own bubble, especially if you live in a big city, it's so easy to start isolating yourself. Yes. And even, I mean, I'm even in a fitness, like I love to do fitness classes. And even though you're in a big group, you have to reach out because it is possible to go to networking events and fitness classes and community things and still not talk to a person, right? Yeah. So what this book is, is it's not just about, um, you know, going to these places and building tribe, and I'll talk about why it's important, but it's learning how to deeply connect with these people and actually make them your tribe and what makes these people feel like 
your people, mm-hmm. right? Because how many networking things have you gone to where you leave and you're like, meh, but yep. I don't sell that. Yes. Like, <laughs> a lot. That didn't oh get me where. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or eh, I just ended up like drinking too much wine to try to connect with people. <laughs> um, now, now I feel bad about myself. Like, <laughs> yeah, been there, done that. Like I tell so many stories about that. And like, I really just ended up gaining a lot of weight trying to connect with people. Um, cause I, <laughs> cause I didn't know how to ask the right questions. Right. And I was so uncomfortable. Right. So that's going to negate all of this. Um, but tribe is so important because like I said, there is that time period in between where it is like do or die. Like you are either going from your old way of life slowly into this new way of being. And if you don't have a supportive community that you're creating, it's either going to take longer or it's going to be tough to sustain or you may never make it. Right. Yeah. So if you want to really ensure that you are walking in a new lifestyle, you'll be creating your tribe along the way. Um, and and how, people are like, how do I do this? I don't even know how to do that. It's like, well, what do you, um, you know, what do you admire about people and why? Who makes you feel really good? Or what makes you, what kind of conversations make you feel really elevated? Okay, where are those conversations going on? Where are these people? How do I actually connect with them, right? So mm-hmm. the book even has scripts in it and different questions that you ask. And also you can use um, the book as a way to go deeper and connect with your tribe. And I'll just tell you some of the things in it are really about asking better questions. Like, yeah. you know, a really simple question that you guys can start using right now is when you meet someone, if you're like, oh, how's your day? How's it going? Like, okay, that's usually where it stops. Or you just, you know, start getting involved in maybe something negative going on in their life. Instead, you can turn it around right away and say, what are you most excited about right now? Like what's going on in your life that you're most excited about? Or what are you most grateful for today? Or, you know, maybe tell them too. It's like, it switches the conversation right away. Mm -hmm. And even if some of these questions feel awkward at first, I promise you, you will be so refreshing to this person that it's like the conversation turns into something you didn't even expect. And it creates this immediate connection as well. Mm, thank you, Lori. That's amazing. I, we did a couple of these exercises at Bliss, and it was awesome. I'm like, I'm re- literally reading the script, and I think it's amazing. And you know, the thing is, the the exercises that we did, you know, with learning how to introduce other people, and just some of the exercises that we did in the group that I I, I pray will be in your book because they were so effective and so incredible. Um, it it was just Mm -hmm. such a great way to, to interact with people when you, you do feel awkward. You know, so many people feel awkward with connecting or wanting to go on a tea date with somebody or, or trying to make new friends, because I think that we don't ask the right questions, right? So having a guide Mm -hmm. to to do that, I think is going to be so, so helpful. So thank you for that. What are some words of wisdom that you live by? Words of wisdom that I live by. Rosie, I love words. So there's like millions. <laughs> um, honestly, um, we're not doing it alone. Like yeah. every single day I say a prayer and just ask to be guided and ask for Holy Spirit. And remember that like I am so blessed to wake up and be needed and, you know, have this infinite world of, people to help and things to do. Um, so just remember that you're never alone. Like no matter how big the problem is, it's bringing you massive wisdom and clarity. 
And in the, not in the moment can you see it that way, but if you can remind yourself that, that without the really dark points or without the winters or like the, those points where you're like, why, it, like, why is this happening? That it's bringing you so much clarity and wisdom um, that I think that's probably the number one thing I live by is that we're so, um, we're so supported that if you're in a winter, you're summer, you know, a, a deep winter, you've got a beautiful summer coming somewhere and just to have mm. faith. Oh, I love that. That's so great. Thank you. That's, that's beautiful. That's uh, it's, mm. it's a good sort of feeling to, to feel, to know that you're supported. So the question is about freedom, right? And feeling freedom or feeling joy or feeling happiness. But uh, for a lot of people like that is represented in a certain area of their life. Like maybe they have a hobby or something that they really love or in their relationship. So for you, in what area of your life do you feel the most free? Oh, the most free. Oh, oh, this is making me feel really blessed because I couldn't have, I, I, I wouldn't have felt overwhelmed with so many answers all at once, um, even a few years ago. Um, so honestly, there's, there's quite a few, um, the more that I surround myself by amazing people, the more free I feel daily to express myself. Um, I'm really Honestly, when I'm speaking and teaching, mm. I feel so free to be me because I don't believe in saying the wrong thing. And when you truly believe that to your core, that even if you said the wrong thing is a teaching moment for yourself or someone else, it can free you up of being able to be who you are in any given moment. Um, so I feel so free lately to express myself because I know I can't say the wrong thing to the right person. Oh, that's so, that's so good. <laughs> that's great. I love that. Uh, the last and final question is, uh, it's about this forum that I created. So radically loved is this idea that we are all supported and, and you know, this we're all supported by either God source energy, you know, the God of your understanding, higher power, we are all universally supported. We're all radically loved. So the question to you is, how do you feel radically loved? And I feel like you answered a lot of that question throughout the last hour we've been talking, but how do you feel radically loved? And then the follow-up to that is what do you radically love? Uh, okay. So what, what just came to me when you were asking that question, how do I feel radically loved is the observance of choice. Like, and let me explain, like the fact that no matter what you're thinking or doing, you have the choice in any given moment, situation, thought, anything to change it. And that in itself is like, how loved must we be? that we were gifted this beating heart without even asking and also have this choice to change everything in our perspective, our world and our mind in a second, whether it's, you know, frame of mind or whatever that is, but something must love us beyond anything to have the choice to that. Anything in this world is open to us. Uh, the last question is what do you radically love? Ooh, what do I radically love? 
Oh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of just radically in love with life. And I'm radically in love with the question of how good can you take it? Like, (laughs) how good can you open up your life and take what is coming to you and allow it to come in? (laughs) Wow, that is definitely one of my favorite answers, Lori. That's great. It's so true. It's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. For people that are wanting to know more information about you and that are going to definitely buy the book and they want to ask you questions or they want to just know what you're up to, where can they get more information? Um, Of course, you guys can go to lauriharder.com. I also have a podcast that I absolutely love. So I'm talking on there uh, twice a week with guests or Um, just some quick info out to you guys and that is at earnyourhappy.com and then you guys I I'm just gonna say I love social media most (laughs) days Um, (laughs) so Instagram Facebook is just at Lori Harder you guys have to listen to this podcast it's amazing Lori gives so many tools so there's a zero excuse for how you know you you don't have the tools to you know create change in your life or want transformative information you have zero excuses because it's all there and she's got so many incredible guests on there so you have to listen and subscribe and leave a review okay thanks thank you so much for coming onto the show and um and being a part of this community and for just being amazing and for sharing your your knowledge and your wisdom and your gift with all of us and to continue to do the, the work that you're doing it's it's amazing and i i look forward to seeing what what you continue to do and what you continue to bring to everyone so um i'm excited Lori. thank you uh- Thank you so much. And I just want to say I absolutely like the the time that I've gotten to spend with you. I'm like beyond just honored and blown away because I love who you are and how you show up and what your mission is. And I just every conversation with you is like eating dessert. So I love it. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit www.radicallylove.com forward slash podcast. To read all about today's guests or past guests, you can click on any of the links or for more information, you can always follow me on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or Twitter at Rosie Acosta and let us know what you thought.